All right, grab your Bibles, hold them up. This is my Bible. God's holy word. I can be who it wants me to be. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not leave the same. All right, Psalms 100. Psalms 100, our second week of ownership, God's plan. We're going to be looking at the, the discipline of delighting in our service. The discipline of delighting in our service. Psalms chapter number 100. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep. Of his pasture, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his truth endureth to all generations. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord, and just pray that you'd speak to our hearts this morning as we look into this uh, delighting in our service to you, Lord. Just pray that you be honored and glorified. Ask all these things, your name. Amen. I know you, hopefully, I hope you remember at least, I, I relay the story often that uh, I got a sermon, are you having fun serving God? And I usually uh, preach it to teenagers. That's not what I'm preaching this morning. But are you having fun serving God? Again, uh, Deuteronomy, chapter number 40, I believe. It's in the 40s. Um, all these curses will come upon you. Not because you didn't serve God, but because you served God without joyfulness, without gladness of heart. It was a, it was a drudgery to you to serve God. Again, I said it last week, uh, Dr. Heil said that the average life of a soul winner is three years and then they, they quit. The average life of a Christian servant, whether it be a Sunday school teacher, janitor, pastor, missionary, whatever, five years and they quit. Listen, it's been a year since COVID hit. Eight pastors that I went to college with that were pastoring a year ago aren't pastoring now. Because you're not, listen, I understand we're in the midst of a pandemic and everybody or a bunch of people are paranoid and, and people are worried. And, and listen, are you having fun as much as you can? Are you having fun? Listen, I've, I've felt it on, on myself uh, this past year. So I'm so worried about what people are going to think and what people, and listen, I normally don't worry about what people think. I really, you can ask Kendra, I couldn't care less what people think about me. Well, listen, wait. When you, I, I saw it the other day and I was so tempted to post it and I didn't. So you should be proud of me that I didn't post it, that it, it'll stay internal because I'm going to use it as an example. But listen, there was a, there is an article. Do you realize that when the satanic church offers human sacrifices, they wear masks and stand six feet apart? I'm just saying 
So you don't wear a mask. Don't stay six foot. Whatever. We all got to do what we've got to do. But when we, I, I said this before, you have to be okay with the consequences. Whatever it is, you have to be okay with the consequences. Listen, there's, there's people that, that choose to get the vaccine, and that's fine. But you have to be okay with that. You might get side effects. There's people that choose not to get the vaccine, and that's fine. But you've got to choose the consequences of you might get the virus. Listen, but you've got to, every man convinced in his own heart, right? And that's fine. Are you having fun? It's hard to have fun when you're worried about what other people are thinking about you. So don't worry about it. Have fun. First thing we have to do is we have to respond to the call of his service. Respond to the call of his service. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. <coughs> One can make an argument, and that's what I'm going to do this morning for the first part, is corporate service. Corporate service. Listen, we come to church corporately to worship him, to serve him. Can you just picture with me? I know you might not have the best imagination like me, but just try for a second. Imagine the children of Israel entering to the temple, singing as they come in, whistling, I don't know, humming, whatever they might do. Listen, the, the, the Psalms is their hymn book, if you will, in the Old Testament. Listen, we, 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 what is the Bible? It's singing and making what melody in your heart. Listen, you, you, we, myself included, everybody should be well prepared for worship before they ever get here. I'm not the biggest person in the psychological. I've realized that it's there. I've realized, I've realized that you can't deny the fact of it. But the truth of the matter is, can I just, I'll tell you a secret. Actually, it's not a secret because I think I've told you this before. I can't sing. Right? That, that's not a secret. But I can't sing. Although in the last few years, Justice likes to sing. He sings in the car all the time. So because of, of that, when he's in the car, put the CD on or, or whatever. And that's fine. I have become more musically enjoyable. So can I just be honest with you? I could care less about music. I just be honest with you. If it was up to me, we'd come here, I'd get up and I'd preach and we'd be done. A, it'd be shorter. We all get to beat the, the Methodists to the restaurant. But do you know what the music does? Because most people don't come to church already with their heart prepared to worship. I'm just being honest with you. Statistically, most people aren't ready to hear the word of God. So the music service prepares the heart for worship. But the truth of the matter is, is we should already be ready. And there are people that enjoy music. I realize that. Justice is one of them. But listen, we're supposed to... What? The truth... 
all the time, all throughout the week, singing and making melody in our hearts to God. Well, yes, we have corporate worship Sundays at 1045. Worship should not just be from 1045 to whenever I'm done. It should be all the time. It's intended to spill out. It's, your, your neighbors should know. Your coworkers should know. Listen, I, I'm not saying that you need to put on a, a mask and a false front. If you're having a hard time, you're having a hard time. But you know who's going to help you through your hard time? So they, they should know, hey, they're going through a hard time, but they're doing a whole lot better than I am because God's helping them. Our love for God is fueled when we come together for corporate worship. Should be evident in all situations all throughout the week. 90% of people, again, I told you I'm not big into psychology. I do know, I read some things. That 90% of people, and it, you, you can't, you're, you're hardwired this way. So don't, don't be like, well, I don't need to change. You, you can't change it. There's nothing wrong with it. 90% of people get their energy from being around other people. Ten percent of people get their energy from being alone. That that ninety percent of people, guess where they get their energy from? The ten percent that get it from being alone. Or can I say, can I, here's a better way to word it? Ten percent of the population gets their energy from being with God. And you, in, in your mind, you know right now which, which category you're in. Because instantaneously, you're like, man, I have, I have all this energy, and then I come to church and I'm drained. Guess what category you're in? But the vast majority of people, they're sucking. I'm trying to mean, if God designed it this way, they're sucking energy from you. Because they need it. So you, you get the vast majority of the things you get from your own personal study with God and your own personal time praying. And, and you, you're more of a giver on Sunday than you are at the theater. Listen, we, we all need to give, and we all get. But there's certain people that get more at church services than they give. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's some people that give a whole lot more than they get. That's why, listen, I do, it, it boggles my mind that people can only come to church one service a week. Maybe you're in the, 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 the smaller percentile that the, you're, you're constantly giving more on Sunday. I don't know. But how do you make it throughout the... If you're, if you're 90 percentile, you, you can't make it. The entire week. 
Unless you, well, even if you gorge yourself on Sundays. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. Verse number 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Listen, is everything that you do, does it glorify God? It doesn't always have to be some super spiritual activity. But everything we do should glorify God. When you take your kids to the park, well, obviously, guy wanted to spend time with your family. But while you're there, why don't you strike up a conversation with somebody about church? See if they go to church. Invite them to church. Glorify God. Going out to eat. Going to, uh, uh, going to a baseball game. Whatever you do. Everything that you do, does it glorify God? Or, why? Because you, we're supposed to be constantly worshiping God. It happens all the time. Or should happen all the time. Worship is a is a lifestyle. It's a way of life. It's not an activity. So many times we, again, we try and put God and other spiritual things into a box. From this time to this time, we do this. But if we're going to have a constant activity, lifestyle of worshiping God, we have to be passionate about it. We have to be, is, uh, Sunday nights, we're, we're talking about the unsaved Christian. Listen, that, that might be someone who thinks they're saved that's not, or someone who is saved that doesn't act like it. Listen, salvation is more than being saved. You, you may have been salvaged. I give you the illustration of a pop can. You may have been salvaged from the side of the road, but go ahead, that, that pop can that you just picked up from the side of the road, go, go put your water in and drink from it. You've, you've been saved from your destiny of getting decayed from the side of the road, but you're I'm not trying to be mean, but you're no, of no use yet or very little use. Do we admire God? Or do we adore Him? Well, so there's a difference between admiration and adoration. Oh, come, let us admire Him. We gotta be passionate. Uh, over overwhelmingly consumed. Why? Because that's the only, only way that God's going to get our best. Back in Psalms, it says, make a joyful noise. The same Hebrew word here 
is the same Hebrew word that's used in Joshua in the walls of Jericho. Now, you, God told them to make a loud noise. <laughs> Think about that. Passion. All of their energy that had been pinned up for six days. You're supposed to let it out now. That's, that's how we're supposed to come into his presence. Make a joyful noise. With everything that you've got. Again, it's that time of the year you know the illustrations are coming. It's March Badness. You play the, the season and you know you rotate players in and out and, and you try and save your energy a little bit. But listen, it's one and done now. And you, you very well may have to Ride your star player more than you want to, but if you're going to get to the next round, you—he's everyone's got to give everything that they got just to get out of this round. You can't be thinking about the next one too much, because if you try and conserve energy, you might never make it. Can I tell you that there's very little times in our life, especially as Americans, where we ever give 100%. I tell you all that, I was good enough at school. I always felt bad for the... There's obviously there's two groups of people at school. They were the ones that were, they just did schoolwork all the time to get good grades. Then there was the they just did schoolwork all the time just to get C's. Like they had to put that. They, there's a, a friend of mine who's he's always been in school. I felt bad for him. Just to get a C. Me, I, you know, bare minimum. And I still get, you know, high B, low A. No, I put no effort in it whatsoever. And then of course, you know, English comes around and I put no effort in it whatsoever and I fail, but product of my own laziness. You're, even as Americans, we're so lazy, we've even got crews in our cars. Would you go coast? We're so lazy, we can even push, push a gas pedal. They got cars now that'll, you know, the steering wheel does it themselves. We're not driven. I much prefer a standard to an automatic, but that's just me because I like to drive. I don't just like to steer or drive. If I'm, I'm going to drive, I want to be in control. Yes, I'm a control freak. Now it's to the point where you can read the newspaper and the car will steer for you. No effort whatsoever. We can't coast with God.
Look at Colossians, chapter number three. Verse number 23. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that the Lord, of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Christ. Don't worry about what other people think. Why? Because you're not serving them anyway. You're serving him. Do we, are we passionate? Secondly, back in Psalms chapter number 100, verse number 2. Sacrificially. doesn't make a joyful noise, but it says serve the Lord sacrificially. Listen, we're supposed to find our delight in serving God. Our purpose. You, you've heard me say it. You can go to, well, the bookstore's closed in the mall now, but so you have to go to Frederick or Owens Mills or, I don't know, does Hanover still have a bookstore? <laughs> you get a, 75, easily 75% of the store is can be categorized as self-help, purpose of life, how to make your life better, your best life now, how to, you know, insert your chosen <coughs> title for dummies, whatever. How, how to? You're supposed to serve God. God doesn't apologize for that. That's what it means to be a follower. Listen, they were called what? Christians first at Antioch. Listen, there's, there's all kinds of... Just... I, apparently, it's been, it's been going on for hundreds of years and... and Can I be, can I, something that you know but we may not realize? They were called Christians first day. They never called themselves Christian. Listen, quit worrying about what people think of you. Just do what God wants you to do. That, listen, I, I think it was last year, maybe even now two years ago. Don't worry about putting, we, don't, we shouldn't put labels on people, but they're going to put labels on us. And I couldn't think of a better label than that. But you better own up to it. You, have better, you better earn it. You, you go into some churches and... and the first time I saw it, I'm sorry, I'm probably a heathen reprobate, but I don't know if you guys have ever ever seen the, the Baptist flag. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it or not. If you 
want, I can show you a picture of it after church. It's a white triangle and a white triangle. And then a red triangle and a red triangle. I'm, I'm a heated reprobate, I, I promise you. The first time I saw it, it looked like the butterflies are local. They just, well, we're Baptists, but why? If you, why? Don't just say you are, why are you? Because you, you do realize, well, I'm a Baptist, well, Southern Baptist, Conservative Baptist, American Baptist, Northern Baptist, Southern Baptist, Reformed Baptist, Independent Baptist. Seven. And I'm sure there's more, but that's just how quickly I can come up with it. You do realize that automatically, if you believe what you should believe biblically, six of them are gone. But they're still back. Then you've got the ones that, okay, so they are independent, but that's a vast majority, too. Just serve God. Don't worry about it. Jesus said what? I came to what? Seek. That's action. Seeking is a service. Save, again, action, service. He washed their feet. Healed blind and lame and raised from... Well, that's all... Service. He's not asking anything of us that he didn't do himself. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. But our service should be joyful. Whether it's coming to church, who's taking out the trash? I'm glad I have kids sometimes. Well, I, I'm glad I have kids all the time. But there are some instances that I'm more glad that I have kids. You know what I don't have to do? I don't have to pick up my But someone else's job. But we're supposed to pick up landmines with gladness of heart. And that, 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 listen, trash wouldn't bother me. Landmines, I don't know how dreadful it is. I just know it's not. With everything that you do, joyfulness, happy, got it. Help mom with the dishes. Happy. 
everything, everything that we do. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed in the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. The great trial of affliction. They're going through a hard time. Their joy. I don't know how many of us would be joyful when we're going through a hard time. It's not something you have to be happy about it. It's something that, you know, your, your, your dog dies. No one expects you to be happy about it, but it shouldn't affect your joy. Joy is different than happiness. Contrary to what many of us probably thought and been taught. Happiness is An emotion, joy is a state of being. Who for the for the joy that was set before him, he what? Endured the cross. That's not a good thing. Despised the shame. What for the for the joy? Not that those things were joyful. For because he had joy. You can make it through the rough times in life. All things work together for good. Not everything is good. People say, well, you, you always got to look for the silver, silver lining. Can I just be honest with you? Sometimes there's not one. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be mean or, or depressing. Sometimes there just isn't one. There is nothing good in that situation when you look at it, just that situation. Husband dies, father dies, there's no income coming into the house. Mom can't go out and work because she's got to raise the kids. Sure, she can't afford to have the house. She can't afford to buy groceries. But if she goes out and tries to make money, well, then her kids are going to, you know, become street urchins and, and criminals. Listen, I don't, I don't know. There's nothing good in that situation when you just look at that singular situation. But the Bible says that all things work together for good. When you take that individual situation and you put it together with every other situation, well, then it all works together for good. The joy.
We, we, the early church, again, think, think about in, in the situation that we're in today. Think about what, what Paul is writing here. And the, it, serving God joyfully. We just, I, I don't forget, exactly, last week, maybe you had that shooting down in Georgia. Then this past weekend, another one in Colorado. Come to find out that there was undertones of things that had to do with that. Here Paul is a Jew asking Gentiles to give because a Jew died. I'm not trying to be mean. Listen, when I was in, in college, there was everybody talks about, you know, we got racial hatred in America. I don't Listen, the most my mind went blank. I was thinking the word. Racist. The most racist people I've ever met in my personally I ever met in my life, Filipinos. Listen, they there was two Filipinos, 100% Filipino, born and raised in the Philippines, grew up in the Philippines. They were just from different islands. They tried, I'm not joking, at Bible college, they tried to kill each other because they were from a different land. Listen, I may hate, hate Ohio, but I don't know that I've ever, I mean, I wouldn't try and kill you just because you're from Ohio. I might beat you up because you're from Ohio, but I wouldn't try and kill you. Hatred. But can I tell you something? I do not I do not know of any more hatred than that of the Jews and the the descendants of Isaac and the descendants of Ishmael. I just don't know. It's been going on for five thousand years. And it's not getting any better. If anything, it's getting worse. Hatred. And so here you've got Paul, a descendant of Isaac, asking the descendants of Ishmael for help. And what does it say? They did it with joyfulness. Why? Because they didn't do it on demand. They didn't do it because of Paul, they did it because of Christ. Nehemiah chapter number 8. Chapter, number, chapter 8, verse number 10. The joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. We sing it tonight. The joy of the Lord. I want it. 
What? It's their strength. Listen, our service has to be, if we're going to serve God the way that we're supposed to, we're going to have to adore Him. It's going to have to be sacrificial. It's going to have to be joyful. This should go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. It has to be centered on God. So many times we think, well, you know, you really got to, you should center your life around the church. Even when I was a teenager, that just really didn't separate. I should say it it didn't, just didn't sound right. You got to center your life around church. And I'm sure that there's other moments, well, intrinsically, there could be worse things to center your life around than church. But what happens if you center it around the Catholic Church? Center it around God. If, listen, if you center your life around God, if you center your family around God, and you, you're going to find a church that's centered around God? Center it around God. God said, listen, our service shouldn't be church-centered. It should be God-centered. Everything that we do should be focused on God. He deserves our joyfulness. That's where we get our joy from. We're serving with gladness. The one that we seek to know and love. The one who made us. The one who's our shepherd. Because we should want to thank him. Look at, we're there in Psalms chapter 100. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Listen, it's not a drudgery to serve God. Not our God, at least. Not the true God. Serve him with gladness. Listen, if you don't have a... So many times we think about, you know, you got to have a personal relationship and that has been... Watered down to simply mean that you're saved. Listen, that's not what it means. That's where it starts. But do you have a personal relationship? Do you consider God a friend? Honestly, do you consider God a friend? Is he a friend or is he an authority figure in your life? Obviously, there's, there's commands in the Bible But why did God start this whole mess? God was lonely. Yeah, I mean, he has the angels and the cherubims and the seraphims and every all the glories of heaven, and yet he was lonely. He just and our understanding in today's vernacular, he wanted a friend. No, there's certain things that listen. If you're going to be 
I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're going to be my friend, there's some qualifications that you're just going to have to meet. I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. We're, we're, there's certain places that we're not going to go. If you're going to be my friend, we're not going to go to these places. There are certain things that we're not going to do if you're going to be my friend. Now, it's your choice you want to be my friend or not. We're just not going to do it. We're not going to go around a bank. That's all, that's all God's saying. Yeah, I, I want to be your friend, but it, if we're going to be friends, there's certain things I'm just not going to do. You, you might do them. You're going to do them without me, except for I'm always with you. Dragging, dragging God into things that he doesn't want to do. Do we delight in serving him? In our homes, in our lives, at church? Listen, if we're, there's some obstacles, if you will, to delightful service. Listen, a lack of passion. A lack of passion. For in the Psalms, the first and foremost description, God wants his people to worship him. Make a joyful noise. Passionate. I'm not one that thinks that if we're never going to have the cheerleaders up here, I'm just being honest with you. But listen, there's, are we excited to come to church? When we're here, are we engaged? Are we, are we passionate? I'm not the most emotional person in the world. I realize that. So I'm not may have give off the appearance of lack outwardly. I'm more concerned about inwardly. Do you enjoy coming to church? Or is it I, it's, I have to? Was it, we, we crack jokes. Kids, yeah, they get drunk at church. Every kid in this church has a drug problem. I had a drug problem when I was a kid. But at some given point in time, you got to get over your drug problem. Quit getting drugged to church. Can I tell you, that'll start to happen when we're passionate about our personal worship, not just our corporate worship. I realize, listen, I, we all get busy from time to time and, and we don't get the personal time with God that maybe we should. 
But I, I promise you this. When you have correct passion in your personal worship, corporate worship won't become a drudgery anymore. When you're reading your Bibles about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, well, you'll just, it's natural to come on Sunday. When people don't come to church, it tells us a lot about their personal walk with God, their personal relationship. Lack of corporate worship, lack of personal worship, lack of thanksgiving. Look at verse number four. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. Listen, some people, listen, we are, every single one of us have something that we can complain about. Didn't get enough sleep last night. I'm not having T-bone steak for dinner. So we, every single one of us has something to complain about. And we've all been around people that they, they complain about everything. Nothing, I mean, they could be the richest person in the world, nothing good has ever happened to them in their life. Well, you know, I'm a multi-millionaire. Well, I, I should be a multi-billionaire if it wasn't for all these negative things that went on in my life. They don't like this. They don't like that. They don't want to do this. And when it comes time to serve God, their heart is filled with other things besides the joy of the Lord. A grumpy heart is a train wreck. Trying to throw wet, a wet towel on a fire. Listen, I realize I am not perfect. I may make mistakes and I may not do what you want me to do. Just being honest with you. I disappoint my wife probably every week. We should do this. But I promise you this, I'm trying. I'm trying. You don't think it gets back to me, but I hear things. I'm just, listen, this is, this is rubber beating the road a little bit here. I'm just being honest with you. If you see a need, fill a need. Well, I really wish pastor would do that instead of doing this. Maybe I don't see that need. And maybe, maybe that's my deficiency. And I apologize for my deficiency. But if God gave you the vision to see that need, then guess what? You're supposed to do something about it. See a need. Feel a need. Well, always got to be complaining about everything all the time. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Satisfied with just going through the motions. Can I tell you, that's where most American Christians are. They're just satisfied with going through the motions. Coming to church, tipping God their 20 bucks, taking up their 16 inches of pew every week. <laughs> Hopefully you can figure this out about me. I hate doing the same thing all the time. I've got to have a fun bro. Variety is the spice of life. 
But you know what also I've learned? Most people aren't like me. They like their rut. I can't, oh, I can't stand it. Some, sometimes when I leave church, I take the long way home just because I hate going the same way all the time. One of these times I have to get, go up to Tiny Town to go home just because I hate going home the same way all the time. Malachi talks about that. I believe won't read it for this, necessarily for the sake of time, but Malachi chapter number 1, verse 13, and chapter number 3, verse 14. But we're just satisfied with going through the motions. There's no passion. There's no energy. We're busy. I'm, I'm sure you've heard it said to some extent. Usually it's said to teenagers, especially when they're getting off to go to Bible college. But you know that Easiest place to backslide is Bible college. Because you're so busy doing the work that you forget why you're doing it. Who you're doing it for. Listen, you got the story of Mary and Martha. Martha's running around getting everything ready and her sister Mary is just sitting there. I mean, being a lazy bum in Martha's opinion. Martha's mad. Ticked off at her sister. She comes out and accuses the Lord of not caring. Listen, Martha's so mad at Mary that she's blaming Jesus. Why? Because she's so busy serving. She forgot the person that she's supposed to be serving. She's so busy working that she doesn't have a relationship. Us in comparing ourselves to others. We lose our joy in service because, well, we don't do it as good as so-and-so. Ask yourself this question, who's the standard? Who's the standard? Some people just serve selfishly. We got the, the how you remember the story in Matthew. Six, first thing in the morning, go, go into the, my harvest field and do your work. Nine o'clock. We're going to need help. Okay, go get more people. Lunchtime, we're going to need more help. Okay, three, four o'clock. We're going to need more help. I mean, it's just an hour before dark. We, if we're going to get this done, we're going to need more help. Okay, go get, go get more help. They get it all in. People that have been working all day get the exact same pay as the person who's been there an hour. And that doesn't seem right. And that doesn't seem fair. But the truth of the matter is they agreed to work for whatever the price they agreed to work for was. And they're selfish. We're supposed to be becoming more Christ-like. I mean, that's the goal of the Christian life is to become more Christ-like. Look at Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians chapter number 2.
Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Let, let that sink in for a second. But made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Aren't you God that, glad that God wasn't selfish? Well, that just, just doesn't seem right. Yeah, you know what? It doesn't seem right that God had to become a man and die. And that's just not fair. It's not fair what Jesus had to go through. At Sunday school, we, we talked about Elijah and Elisha. Be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. And people all around the world... Well, uh, we want fairness and we want justice. No, you don't. No, you don't. I mean, that, that seems to be the cry right now. We want justice. No, you don't. You want mercy. Because justice, justice is unforgiving. Not justice. Justice is very forgiving. But the other. You do something wrong, you don't want justice. You don't want fairness. Be careful. Listen, I wonder, I wonder, with this worldwide cry for, for justice, this is going to usher in the last of the last days. You think you know what you want, but you don't want it. When, when you finally get it, you'll realize that that's not what you wanted. Look at verse number 19. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But know ye the proof of him that as a son with the Father he hath served me in the gospel. We don't know a lot about Timothy's background. We know that his mother and grandmother, Paul makes reference to those things that they taught you and the things that you learned from me. But the specifics we don't know much about. Why do we have kids club? Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying this to be me because this is as much truthfulness on, about me as it is about it every other person. And I'll try and boil it down to a short statement that I heard one time. When it comes to church, deal with the adults and train the kids. Listen, there's, there's not a person in here that's an adult. You know, you, if you're honest with yourself, you're not going to change. It's going to take a lot for you to change. I'm just being... I'm, the truth of myself also, 
Just being honest. Let's see. You gotta deal with the adults, but you train the kids. Kids are easy to train. Sometimes I think they're easier than a dog. Why? Those things that you learned from a youth, Timothy, that your mother and your grandmother taught you. Those things. But if we serve the Lord with joyfulness and gladness of heart, we'll have a positive impact on our family. Did you, again, I realize I'm still raising my kids and I very well could be wrong. We'll find out in a few years. I'll probably have to come back and apologize. Did you ever wonder why on the surface everything just looks so good? Good family, good church, good morals. I mean, right down the line. Kids turn 18, walk out the back doors of church and never do it again. Hey, kids have a, every person has a free will. But again, when that happens over and over and over and over again in a family, you begin to see a pattern. Doesn't make any sense. Can I submit to you? They served God but they didn't serve God with joyfulness. And the kids saw it. John chapter number three. Third John, actually. That's the three. Third John, verse number four. I have no greater joy And to hear my children walk in truth. Why do we serve God with joyfulness? Nothing to do with you. Or should have very little to do with you. Because if we don't do it, they're not going to. I'm speaking. We're not having fun serving God and why in the world would they want to? Clayton, what's your favorite thing to do? Uh, generally speaking. Take a walk. What do, you, what do you always want to do? Can I go outside and Let's make serving God have fun. Enjoyable. Listen, I realize there's aspects of it that aren't always. But it should be joyful. The delight.